Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Pels and Whistles. Now, since the last time we talked, the Pelicans have played a few games, so we're going to get into that. Um, it's been four games, I believe, since we last spoke. Um, the Pelicans have gone two and two in that time with two wins against Sacramento Kings and two losses against the Utah Jazz. Now, you know, that, that those Jazz games definitely leave a, a sour taste in your mouth. Um, we really looked great against Sacramento. We looked like you know, we could be a top team in the West again with the way we were playing against those guys, especially in that first game. We kind of just like took care of them easily. Um, in that second game, it's a little bit more close of a game. Uh, it was a fun matchup to watch. Um, thankfully, we were able to get those two wins against them. But then we go to Utah and we just look like a completely different team. Um, we kind of looked a little bit terrible against Utah. Um, and unfortunately, Zion missed the first game against Utah. And a lot of people were thinking that when he would come back, um, you know, the Pelicans were automatically going to win, but it's just, it's never that simple. Um, and for whatever reason, Utah always just seems to have the Pelicans number. And I don't know if it's a, if I, I feel like it's a length thing. I feel like the length of guys like Walker Kessler um, and maybe even Kelly Olenek bother our guys a lot. Um, but I mean, yeah, we went out there and it was, and it was seventies night in Utah. So of course they were honoring the new Orleans jazz and they were giving out posters and selling special shirts and they got special edition hats and things all celebrating, um, you know, 50 years since the new Orleans jazz were a thing, um, or since they became a thing. Right. But the jazz were here like five years or so and they left and they went to Utah and they were wearing this new Orleans jazz throwback. And it was pretty disgusting to lose to them while they were wearing that. And I mean, personally, like I get why everyone's upset about that. Personally, I only bring it up kind of just to rile other people up because it's funny, <laughs> but like I get the frustration there. It's stupid. Like th there is no jazz in Utah. We say that all the time and we're dead serious when we say that. I don't necessarily think that we need the name back. I don't think that we'll ever get the name back. It's just not something that is like on the agenda of things to like worry about. Do I think the Utah jazz might be a little bit, um, they might be cursed in their own way. Like we're cursed in, in a way they're cursed in a different way. It's because they won't like give the name back. Um, they'll never win anything is, is what we keep saying. But um, it's just, it's one of, it's, it's, it's not something that I can really like worry about. Um, but anyhow, yeah, we look great against Sacramento, look terrible against Utah. In the last five games against Utah, the Pelicans are 0-5. And, and we haven't beaten them since the 2021-2022 season when Devontae Graham hit that game winner, which was awesome. Um, we played again in Utah that very next night after Devontae hit that game winner, and we lost by 22 points. Like, it's always either a close game with them or they're just blowing us out. But, like, can we win? Can we just go and, like, get a very dominant win in Utah maybe just once? Um, that will be great. <laughs> I don't think they're a better team than us. And even last year, Utah started off a little bit hot, but I still don't think that they were better than us and we should have been losing to them. Um, and this year we went in there, uh, I think they were four and 11 when we went for that first game of this little two game series. And so they got their fifth win against us. And then they beat us again two days later and get their sixth win against us. And it's like, come on. And also, are we allergic to being over 500? Like we get a game or two games over 500 and then we're like, you know what? Nah, let's just keep it in the middle. Like, can we not do that? Can we like get ourselves together? It's, it's frustrating, but, um, yeah, Devontae Graham hit that game winner. Very next night, we lost by 22 points. Later on in that season, Utah comes into New Orleans and we beat them by like 34 points. Like I, I don't even, I, I was reading that and I was like, there's no way that that actually happened. I have no recollection of that happening. But anyhow, 
What's next up for the Pelicans? Um, Wednesday night versus the Sixers, Friday night versus uh, the Spurs, and then Saturday night versus the Bulls. Now, we know that Zion Williamson has not been playing in back-to-backs, so I would expect to see him on Friday, but I would not expect to see him on Saturday versus the Bulls. I am, I understand why they're resting him on back-to-backs. Um, I go back and forth with if I agree with it or not. But I do respect the fact that they're trying to do something different in terms of figuring out ways to keep Zion on the court long term. Um, yeah, you don't want to see a 23-year-old resting at any time. It just it sounds ridiculous. But hamstring injuries especially are tricky. It's and, and while we have is, you know, we have Brandon Ingham playing, um, we have CJ McCollum coming back soon, which we'll get to next. Um We've got, um, you know, Herb Jones has been playing exceptionally well, especially since he came back from his injury that he suffered. Um, It's kind of like, you know, we really should be stacking wins, but if we can stay afloat while also resting him, then, you know, whatever, I guess that's fine. But I don't know. I I go back and forth. I might wake up tomorrow and be like, no, this is stupid. We should never rest them. (laughs) But, um, But I get it. I get why they would try to do something different. And I appreciate trying to do something different because as we know, you know, the definition of insanity is just doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? So um, CJ McCollum says that he will play versus the Sixers. He got upgraded to questionable, but he's like, no, I'm going out there. I'm going to play. Um, and the last time this is the Sixers visited New Orleans, I believe, was when CJ McCollum set a new high with 11 made three-pointers. Now, I don't expect for him to have that kind of performance tonight, but I do think it will help to have him back out there, help him get his legs back a little bit. Hopefully that lung is healed up really nicely um, because we could really use him out there. Um, Trey Murphy and Matt Ryan have been upgraded to doubtful for Wednesday night's game. So once once guys start getting upgraded to doubtful, next we're looking for upgraded to questionable. And then next we're expecting them to play, right? Um, So I'm going to be super, super excited to see Trey Murphy out there. I'm going to be excited to get Matt Ryan back. Um, And I want to talk a lot, um, not a lot, but I want to touch a little bit on the starting lineup questions. It's always, you know, should Dyson stay in the starting lineup? Should CJ come off the bench? Um, Coming into the season before Trey got hurt, it was, oh, maybe Trey should start. Well, then who goes to the bench? Is it going to be Herb? Like, no, I don't think that we need to change the starting lineup at all. I think it needs to be CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. Keep it that way. It's okay to have really good players coming off the bench, but one of your starters should not be going to the bench. It's like, you know, I don't want to contradict myself, but there's no way CJ McCollum should be coming off the Pelicans bench. Like that's not what he came here to do. He still hasn't really gotten to do what he came here to do in all this time that he's been here for a year and a half, almost two years. So Dyson needs to go back to the bench and we can have him coming off the bench and locking down whoever's in the other team's second unit. And that'll be great. I think that, what we've seen from the Pelicans since CJ has been out and since Dyson has been in the starting lineup, I don't think that it's necessarily, um, you know, all a credit to Dyson. I think a lot of that is Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson playing better. They had this, you know, team meeting after that game that they lost against Dallas and they've been playing better since then. Um, so it is okay to have Dyson move back to his spot on the bench, have CJ move to his rightful spot in the starting lineup and just do that, the way that we've been doing it with the starting lineup. But I think that also it's more important who's closing games. Like there was, there was years um, even back to like the, the Lonzo days or like the Rondo days 
Um, yeah, that kind of rhymes a little bit. <laughs> I was like, did I say the name twice or did it just rhyme? But back to the Lonzo days and back to the Rondo days, there was a lot of times when I was looking out there at the end of the game saying, how come our starting guard isn't on the floor? I think even back with like Alfred Payton, why isn't our starting guard like closing games? And I remember that being a thing that I would be often like frustrated about. So like just because someone's starting doesn't mean they're going to be closing the games and really I think someone said the other day, I totally agree with this. A game isn't lost in the first five minutes, right? So, like, it's not really mattering so much who's starting, but I appreciate the continuity of us having the same five going out there starting for the Pelicans every night. So, anyhow, I feel like I'm talking in circles. Herb versus Trey in the starting lineup. I feel like that's not a thing. Herb Jones will continue to start. Trey is a fantastic player. He's one of my favorite players. I think it's okay for him to come off the bench. Like, who wouldn't want someone of his skill set and his athleticism to come off the bench it's okay it's not like it's not a disrespect to him to have him come off the bench he had been coming off the bench and he was starting when someone was missing from the starting lineup which always happens which is why the pelicans can like never get a six man of the year because the six man always ends up being a full-time starter hopefully this year we can get trey in there in a lot of six-man minutes um, I think with the, the amount of games he missed, it's going to be really hard to hit that like 65 game mark. So you can, uh, shoot, he might've missed. I mean, we played 18 games where you got to get like 65 or something. So I don't know. He might've already like missed that ship, but at this point team wins definitely take the, you know, the, the priority over individual accomplishments. Like we just need to go out there put the best players on the floor in our, you know, nine man rotation or whatever. And we need to go out there and win some games. Um, I often say in that comparison is the thief of joy. There's too much comparing Trey Murphy and Jordan Hawkins. Um, they're different types of players. They're in completely different situations. And I know, you know, they're both excellent three point shooters. And, you know, Jordan is, he's a, a more of a movement shooter than Trey is. Um, but then there's other things that Trey will be out there doing that Jordan might necessarily not be doing. Right. But like, I feel like we should just enjoy them. I feel like we should enjoy having both of these guys on our team and enjoy building a future with this young core that we have. Um, but I, and I get how easy it is to compare the two. I get how, you know, we talk a lot about Trey getting benched a lot in his rookie season or not getting a lot of opportunities. And it's looking completely different for Jordan Hawkins. Cause it's just a completely different situation. Um, but Trey's coming back soon and I, and putting those guys out there together is going to be awesome. You know, having both of those guys coming off the bench and just completely wrecking everybody's second units. But like, we don't have to continually like compare the two and be like, Oh, well this one does that better. This one does that better. Like I get it. It's, it's okay to have those conversations, but I think at the end of the day, we shouldn't harp on those differences so much. And we should really, really enjoy having two players of these type in our city and on our team. Um, around the league, the uh, in-season knockout round matchups are set. Um, in the West, we got Suns at Lakers, Knicks at Bucks, Celtics at Pacers, and Pelicans at Kings. Um, I went to sleep during that uh, Kings and Warriors game, and there was a whole different, whole bunch of different ways where the Pelicans get to end up playing Golden State or end up playing the Kings or play at home. The way it worked out, the Pelicans have to play on the road at Golden One Center, which I'm not super thrilled about. I would love for them to come back here and play on that grape court, or which I call the purple nurple court. I would have loved for us to have a home game against the Kings again. So it is what it is. Hopefully we can go out there and get a win. We'll have CJ back. 
the game's on Monday. So by then, maybe we'll have Matt Ryan back. Maybe we'll have Trey Murphy back. Like, we're getting a lot of shooters added back. The help is on the way. Thank goodness. Um, hopefully, you know, there, there may be some rust. That happens. But let's knock the rust off this week. Let's knock it off on Wednesday and Friday, maybe even Saturday. Now, Saturday going into Chicago, I don't know how I feel about that. Chicago hasn't been looking too good, but the Pelicans tend to play down to their competition, and it's the most frustrating thing ever. Like, we need to beat the Spurs, and we need to beat the Bulls. Like, we need to get back in the win column. And even tonight, like, I don't really know what's going to happen with Joel Embiid out there probably shooting 20 free throws tonight, but we got to find a way to win, and we got to shoot some threes. We got to make some threes. We haven't been, you know, we, we kind of regressed a little bit in terms of how many threes we were getting up, but at the same time, we're missing so much three-point firepower with missing Matt, um, CJ, and Trey. It's just somebody's got to go out there and shoot and make some threes. Um, anyhow, the regular Western Conference standings, uh, the Timberwolves are at the top, and um, we saw last night um, Anthony Edwards had a kind of a scary fall where he looked like it looked very similar to when Zion fell and had the hip contusion in game three of last season against Utah. Um, it could have, it could have ended up a lot worse. And I think Ant tried to stay in the game after he fell, but he was, you could just tell he was hurting. So he's probably got a hip contusion or a back contusion of some sort. He might miss some time, but right now the Timberwolves are at the top of the standings. Um, the Nuggets are one and a half games behind them. And then the Pelicans are sitting down at the ninth seed with a record of nine and nine. Uh, the regular Eastern Conference standings, uh, the Celtics are at the top, the Bucks are one game behind them, and then the Orlando Magic and the Sixers are one and a half games behind the top-seeded Celtics. Uh, the Magic have been doing their thing. I think they're a really fun team to watch. I'm a really big Cole Anthony fan. I can't explain to you why, but I just I enjoy watching him. I enjoy his personality. Um, his personality reminds me of like of Trey a lot. I feel like those guys probably after their NBA season could be, um, you know, color commentators or something. I just they're very funny guys to me, and I really like Cole Anthony. So um, I, I'm kind of rooting for for the Magic to create some magic in the Eastern Conference this season. So um, they're looking pretty good so far. But our 10-game breakdown, 18 games into the season, we're 9-9. and Games 1 through 10, we're 4-6. and And games 11 through 18, we're 5-3. and So we have automatically clinched um, a better uh, second set of games than the first set of 10 games. Um, hopefully we can finish this set of 10 games above 500 and not like right at 500. Like I, I want to be above. Every 10 games, I want to be at least at 500, but hopefully above every 10 games. So um, I don't know if the Pelicans can end up being a 50-win team. I don't know. I think they're projected at maybe like 43, something like that. Who knows? Um, but those projections, you know, they don't mean too much. You don't want to put too much stock into it. But that's pretty much all I got for you guys today. If you made it this far into the episode, I appreciate it. Um, I'll be back later when I got something else to talk to you guys about. But um, until next time, take care of your family, take care of your loved ones. I have been your host, Rel Myers. Thank you for listening to Pels and Whistles and take care.